Welcome to the Flint Citadel's podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. Once again, I welcome you uh, to our service this morning. I invite you to turn to the book of Psalms, the 100th Psalm. And it says in your program this morning, verses 1 through 5, which is to imply there might be more, but truly there's only five verses in that Psalm. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And the key verse for my eyes, guys, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Pray with me, won't you? Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to come before you this morning. We know that you're here with us, Lord. We can feel your presence here. And as we pray this morning that... Uh, your will be done in all that's said and done here in the meeting. 
we know that uh, you've already preordained all that's going to happen. Now give us the strength to stand and march with you. And as we see that single pair of footprints, recognize that they are not ours, Lord, that we can be upon your shoulders and that you will carry us through the difficult times and uh, we will praise you during the good times as well. Now, Father, as we worship together, help us to be of one mind and leave this place changed in some way so that others will see you in us in all that we say and do. Amen. Good morning. Like I mentioned last week, we're starting a new thing with all the uh, college students we have. We're starting a new way to send them our greetings. And there's going to be cards in the library before and after services for our college students for you to sign, send a little note so that we can mail it out on Monday. And our college students this week are Jennifer Shanafelt, who's here today. We haven't seen Jen in a while, and so it's good to see her. Alan Tolcher, Laura Thomas, and Brett Tolcher. So remember our college students this week as um, they're often about studying and learning to be um, better young men and women. As always, we are recording this service, and it's going to be sent out to missionaries. And the missionaries that are receiving this service this week on the Sunday after the Thanksgiving concert, Sunday, November 25th, are Commissioners Barry and Sue Swanson, who are now in London, England, Majors Brad and Heidi Bailey, who are serving in Madrid, Spain, and Major Elena Christie, who's in Australia. And so we just welcome them to join us in our worship this morning. This is your opportunity to share some thanksgiving, testimonies on thankfulness. So we're going to sing the first verse, and then we'll break, and be on your feet, ready to go, so that we can share this. took my cancer and got rid of it for me. And I'm thankful for him, your prayers, my wife and my family, and my church. Thank you. Okay, we're going to sing the second verse. take too long, but uh, uh, there have been some of the men from the Corps that we meet uh, on occasion and, and uh, have breakfast together and prayer time, and I was uh, wondering, 
I've got, somehow I've got hung up on the hound of heaven lately and uh, how God always is there uh, answering and guiding us and, and moving our lives. And I read a story about a young, uh, they're called a co-mission, which is a, a, a missionaries that were forming in, uh, in Russia and Stalin uh, back in his days had outlawed all the Bibles. And they were going to destroy them all, but for somehow some people sneaked the Bibles into a warehouse and hid them there. And uh, so when this co-mission came in the last few years, asked if there were any more Bibles. And someone said, yes, there's a bunch of them in the warehouse. So they went to the warehouse, and uh, sure enough, there are lots of Bibles there. And this young man, who was uh, more an agnostic and didn't really believe, uh, he was hired to work for the day. And when he got to the warehouse, there were hundreds of Bibles, and he picked up a Bible and went over in the corner and disappeared for a while. Well, they started looking for him, and they found him over in the corner crying and reading this Bible. And they said to him, what, what's the story? And he said, you know, uh, this Bible that I picked up belonged to my grandmother. Her handwriting is on the inside of the front of the Bible, how she had been praying for people and her belief and how she had trusted the Lord. And I thought if there was a hound of heaven, that would have been it for this young man because he was converted that night or that day when he read that. He found his grandmother's Bible and all those hundreds of Bibles that would be the one that he picked up. I'm thankful that God never gives up on us. You know, he's always there, and he is the hound of heaven that continues to guide us and seek us out. I'm so thankful today for all that God has given to me, so many blessings that I've had. I'm so thankful for my family um, and the blessings that we have there. I'm thankful for my church. Um, what a wonderful place to worship God. I'm thankful also for the opportunities I have to work in Sunday school. Um, I love teaching, and I love being with the little ones, and I love their faces when I say it's time for our Sunday school story, and big eyes are just looking at me, waiting. We now have new Sunday school books, uh, Bibles, I'm sorry, new Sunday school Bibles, and we pull them out of the cupboard, and as I pass them out, or as we both pass them out, little hands reach up for that Bible, and their face, you know, is just waiting expectantly for that. It's a wonderful experience, and I'm reminded of uh, not only God's love for me, but how he also asks us to reach out and to touch other lives also and to teach other um, children and bring them into, um, to help them to learn the stories of Jesus. Scott and Renee have um, thankfulness because, as you know, they welcomed Emily, Renee, Carol, Howard, into the family this week. So she's healthy and home, and she's beautiful. Good thing she doesn't look like her dad. Hi, everybody. My name is Kimberly, and um, I am blessed that I'm alive and that God loves me. And... Um, yeah, then I'm here. Oh, I'm blessed I got a job that I work at Salvation Army. Um, I work at the clothing bank. I pass out food. I like to help the needy, you know, all, all over the world to help missionary, to help people. Um, 
God has good plans for me, and I'm so glad God's here, and I'm so glad that God loves us all. Thank you very much, and God bless you. We're going to sing the last verse. for sharing your testimonies. I could sit and tell you all the things I'm thankful for, but I'm thankful for my family. So, the scripture today is Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Last night we had a great opportunity to be a witness to this community. 75th annual Thanksgiving concert, and since 1973, we have been at the Whiting Auditorium. When many other civic groups have left because of the increased costs, we've been able to have partnerships and sustaining fund support to make it possible for us to continue this great ministry. And what a grateful opportunity that is, and we just leave the results into the Lord's hands. Now we have to change our directions. Starting this coming Saturday, Band Ensemble, 12 to 15 persons plus collectors will be out at Genesee Valley. The sign-up sheet is by the drinking fountain. Now, we need help because we need three collectors. Now you say, well, what's going to happen? If they're in uniform, great. If you're not in uniform, we have the red volunteer vest. And so that works well. We have to use out of Genesee Valley a bushel basket. It's red. And it sits on a little stand. Now, we have one person on either side. You say, well, why do you need two? Because many people come up and they want to talk to the collectors. The collectors are not actually handling the money. They're greeters. And so they're standing there and greeting, and one person will be talking to someone, and another person will come to put money into the, into the basket because this is for doing the most good in collecting money for the Christmas effort. And so we need that second person there. And if we have three, they can kind of rotate. And then we need a fourth person whose simple job is to stay there while the ensemble moves down to one, 
to Sears for one set. So if, if you're interested and able to do it, the 10 dates are up on, on the, the board right by the drinking fountain. And we will have a great opportunity to be a witness to our community as, as well as raising the funds that are so important through the Christmas effort to do the most good. And as we celebrate today, and we are thanksgiving, this is a song that speaks of that very clearly. Now thank we all our God. something. After all, the church has to pay its bills too. And these are comfortable seats, I must say. Comfortable seats, comfortable atmosphere. In fact, the whole place just says comfortable. And the congregation looks like they're doing quite well. This place must be rolling in the dough. What is my measly couple of bucks going to do? Besides, how can I really know where my contribution's going? You can't be too careful these days. If I just keep my money 
then I'll know exactly what it's being used for. I'm sure you'll understand, God, if I take a pass this morning. Ah, yes, the offering. What a wonderful time in the service. There's something about being able to participate in what's going on here, to be part of funding this great work of God. A very, very large part. Sometimes I amaze myself, and I just know I could be such an example to others. Of course, how can I be an example if they don't know what I'm doing? I certainly wouldn't want to tell anyone what I give. That would be too obvious. Of course, if I don't fold my check, then the people next to me could see it. Maybe I could subtly prop it up against the rim. Then the whole row would be able to see it. Oh, but it might fall out. Hey, that would be perfect. Because then the people in the row in front who pick it up could see it too. And they'd have to pass it around to have it catch up to the plate. And then many more people would see it. And be inspired. And then, if they didn't get it to the plate in time, the person on the end would have to stand up and, and call out to the usher, Oh, sir! Sir! There's a very large check from a Mr. William Tyler! 7432 Whitfield Lane that I am sure the church couldn't do without this week. And then the pastor would see what's going on and ask me to come up front. And then he'd probably make me honorary chairman of the board of directors right there. What a joy to be a humble tool in God's hands. Oh no, the offering plate. I just hate this part of the service. Feeding me! I bet everybody's watching me. I bet the people behind me are looking... Stop staring at me! Oh, I'm in the last row. Why am I so paranoid? What's the big deal about giving to the Lord? I know I should give more. I'm trying, Lord. What do you expect of me? Look at me. I am riddled with guilt. Just because I didn't give anything that week I was on vacation two years ago. All right, Lord. I'll double the amount I give this week. No, 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 no. I'll triple it. Now, will you please get off my back? It's not good enough. Okay, God, I, I give up. You caught me red-handed yesterday. I didn't separate my trash. I didn't recycle. Oh, here, just take my whole wallet. There's 50 bucks in cash and my credit cards. There's still a couple hundred bucks on them. It's not good enough. I have to let it all out. Oh, here, take my earrings. This is for lying to my mother when I was 13. And, and here's my rings. Well, these ought to cover the night of the senior prom. And my shoes, yes. I did go 10 miles over the speed limit all the way over here, and, and I promised to walk home barefoot on the gravel just to prove how sorry I am. Oh, God, is that enough? Oh, I just 
disturbance. Well, here it is. A chance to say thanks. You know, Lord, this has been a good week. I mean, every day I've had enough food. Every night I've gone to, to bed in a warm house. And every morning I've had a hot shower. Well, except for Thursday when the kids got up early. But all in all, I've had a lot of good things come my way this week. And I'm glad that I have a chance to show you that while I know I matter to you, you matter to me too. To think two years ago, I would have been in the office on Sunday morning, slaving away, building my business, missing my family. But today, today I'm here. And now, in a tangible way, I get to show you, at least in part, how much I appreciate your presence in my life. This is for you, Lord. I left my wallet in my car. Mm-hmm. Sure you did.
just singing all over the place today and I want all you musical folks to know that when you play guitar all of the notes and key signatures and times they're just suggestions so if we end up with like something between 3-4 and 4-4 it's all right because it's guitar Um, there's gonna be a song popping up there he is here I don't know if you can make out those words he is here hallelujah he is here Amen. He is here. Holy, holy, I will bless his name again. He is here. Listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here. You can touch him. You will never be the same. I hope that is a testimony that you can share, and I want you to join with me and sing this together. Sunday, we start Advent, the season of Advent. The American Heritage Dictionary defines Advent as the coming or arrival of something extremely important. Of course, this time of year, Advent that we celebrate is that of the baby Jesus. We remember the birth of Christ. And in the story of Christmas, Uh, We have the amazing fact that God became a man. He became flesh and blood. And people of that day could literally and physically reach out and touch him. 
they could touch God. In this coming season, you also hear the term used, Emmanuel. It's used to describe Christ. The scriptures themselves give us the meaning of this name, Emmanuel, um, as recorded in Matthew 1.23. It says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. I want to sing that chorus as well. Emmanuel, God with us. I think it's wonderful in this uh, season of the year that this season between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we have an opportunity to really focus on the presence of God, the fact that God is with us. I invite you to open your Bible to Philippians chapter 4. You know, for many people who enjoy reading the Bible, They find that the book of Philippians is the most beautiful letter that Paul ever wrote. It's been called the epistle of joy because it has a repeated call in there to rejoice. It's a great book of the Bible to read if you're feeling down because it inspires and encourages us. Captain Chris read the full passage earlier. Uh, So for now, I just want us to look at Philippians Chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says there, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, Rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I would imagine that many of you have heard a zillion sermons preached on this passage. Perhaps some of you have even memorized it because um, there are some powerful truths, some wonderful words of encouragement and wisdom in this section of Philippians. It tells us to be joyful, doesn't it? And to trust in God. It tells us to ask God for things in prayer, in an attitude of thanksgiving. It promises us supernatural peace, described as the peace of God. And and we're told that this peace will stand guard over our hearts and over our minds. What an amazing message. What an amazing 
piece of information about God. And you know, as I talk about it and think about it, it makes me want to spend more time focusing on these verses. For instance, there's much we could talk about in this section of Philippians on the subject of thanks living. But this morning, I'm not going to do that because for some reason, God has focused me on a verse that I think gets kind of lost in this passage. One that kind of slips by unnoticed, perhaps because it's surrounded by such beautiful language, such powerful other verses. That is verse 5. It's kind of like the ugly sister of the passage. But I think it actually contains the secret of thanks living. Verse 5 starts out in the New American Standard Version saying this, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The good old King James Version puts it this way, Let your moderation be known unto all men. In the NIV, which many of you carry, it'll say, let your gentleness be evident to all. And in a modern New Living translation, let everyone see that you are considerate in all that you do. Look at how different um, these wordings are rendered. The word here translated as gentleness or considerate or moderation is one of the most untranslatable of all Greek words. This is why you find it rendered in so many ways and it's sometimes hard to know what does that mean? What exactly is that saying? And I find that this verse has really lost its power to the challenges of translation and we end up with something that to me sounds rather weak. You know, to be gentle and considerate. Kind of like helping old ladies across the street or you should say please and thank you more often. But really, this verse is asking for something far more powerful than just being a nice guy. The Greeks themselves explained this word as justice and something better than justice. For example, in the scriptural account when the woman was taken in adultery and was brought before Jesus, he could have applied the letter of the law to that situation and had her stoned to death. That was justice. That's what the law called for. But Jesus went beyond justice, didn't he? He demonstrated what this verse is asking of us. As Christians, we are to practice something that goes beyond justice because, truth be known, none of us really wants justice from God. None of us really wants justice. Believe me, you don't want justice from God. That's because there's not one of us who deserves anything but God's condemnation. We have all sinned, and the wages of sin is what? Death. But God has gone beyond justice, hasn't he? Now that's something to be thankful for. God has gone beyond justice. God has chosen mercy over justice, and his grace has made a way for him to satisfy the demand of justice because of his love for us. He found a way. This little verse tells us that. We are to show this same quality in our dealings with one another. If we live that way, wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? Verse 5 then ends with a short sentence that kind of comes across almost as an afterthought. But it's no afterthought. 
It contains only five words. But as I worked through this passage over and over, it stood out as the key phrase of this section. Say it with me, will you? The Lord is near. Now, don't get too hung up on whether near means near in time or near in space because both are true. Both are true. William Barclay ties this in with the first half of verse 5 in this way. He writes, If we remember that the Lord is near and life is short, we will not wish to enforce the stern justice which so often divides men, but will wish to deal with men in love as we hope that God will deal with us. Justice is human, but this gentle spirit is divine. Why should a man be like this? Why should he have this joy and gracious gentleness in his life? Because, says Paul, the Lord is near. It's true. The Lord is near. His second advent, his second coming, is nearer now than it ever has been. And tomorrow, it's going to be one day nearer. He is returning, and the time is near. This is the promise of the Word of God. James chapter 5, verse 8 admonishes us in this way. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. That was written a couple thousand years ago. And yet, His coming was near in that day. Does that mean tomorrow? Or next week? Or next month? Next year? I don't know. I don't know, but I know the Lord's coming is near. For many of us, perhaps for all of us, the Lord's nearness in time can best be expressed by how short life is. In a sense, the Lord's coming is always near because our lives are so brief. And once we step into eternity, this rigid thing called time doesn't really exist in that realm. So the Lord... His return, His coming is near. But the Lord is also near in the sense of of distance. Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. This speaks to God's involvement in our lives. He's near to us in the sense that He's intimately aware of everything about us. He's not only aware, but He's concerned. He's involved. How near? According to Scripture, right inside of us. Colossians 1.27 tells us how near when it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Christ dwells within us through the Holy Spirit. And you can't be much nearer than that. Ephesians 2.13 speaks of nearness in this way. But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Again, this speaks of our relationship with God. The sin that has separated us from God has been removed by the blood of Christ. And we can now have fellowship with God. We have great reason to be thankful. So because the Lord is near, we can rejoice. We can have a deep sense of peace and with thanksgiving in our hearts know that God will continue to take care of our needs because He's promised to do so. 
That's what this section of Scripture promises. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So this morning, recognize the transforming truth that the Lord is near and seek to live in this reality. What does it look like to live in the reality of the Lord's nearness? I think it looks like what the rest of this passage says. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The realization that the Lord is near ought to be the source of our thankfulness, our thanksgiving, our joy, and our peace. I've come to see thanks living as living in the reality of God's nearness. And that's what I want to invite you to cultivate today. The reality of the Lord's nearness. I invite you to sense His presence and to experience His peace and joy. I think that's where thanks living starts, realizing how intimate and loving and close God really is. James 4.8 encourages us to come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. In other words, if God seems far away, guess who's moved? Guess who's put roadblocks between yourself and God? And this morning, if you feel alone, if you feel like God is nowhere to be found, that He's not near, in fact, you don't know where He's at, I want you to know this morning God is nearby. He's waiting for you, as He always has been. And you can experience His nearness by practicing His presence, by living in the reality of this truth. Not, not a feeling, oh, I feel God's close, now today I don't feel God's close, but a truth, a fact that you accept by faith. So pray without ceasing by talking to Him on a continual basis throughout the day. But do it with the full knowledge that God is near you. I don't know if you ever talk to Him like He's sitting in the seat next to you as you drive. I hope you do because God is actually even closer than that. Do this by adjusting your behavior in light of His nearness. Do this by tempering justice with grace, mercy, forgiveness, and love. And you can also do this by disciplining your mind to think thoughts that would be pleasing to Him, by living in the reality of His nearness. I think this is the ultimate act of faith. So how near is God? He's so near that you can say, He's here. I want to sing that chorus again. He is here. 
Hallelujah. And as, um, as we sing this, ask yourself if you're living in the reality of His nearness. It's not even just nearness, it's hereness. He is here. And this morning, if you need to get closer to God, if you've allowed things to get between you and the Lord, come to Him. Come to Him. He's here. He's waiting for you. Father, we thank you this morning for your nearness. Lord, there's been times in our lives when we haven't recognized how close you are. In fact, there's been times, Lord, when we've accused you of abandoning us, of not caring, of in fact even being our enemy. Yet, Lord, uh, through all of that, you have stuck by us, you've faithfully waited, and Lord, you have brought people into our lives, you have used your Holy Spirit to uh, woo us back to yourself. And God, I just thank you this morning for how near you are. So near that you're here. So near that you're within us. God, might we recognize you and your presence today. Lord, if we don't feel your nearness, Lord, might we accept it by faith. And Lord, in that reality, might we live our lives in a way that would transform not only us, but the people who observe us. God, might we be witnesses of the advent of Christ, not just in this Christmas season, but your advent into our lives, into our hearts. And Lord, this morning, if there's anyone here who's not living in this reality, someone who needs to find you, God, I pray that your spirit would speak and Lord, that that person would seek you this morning. 
You've promised that all who seek shall find. So God, do your work today. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing song 983 in your red song books. Great is thy faithfulness. And um, I think that is the truth of God's nearness is that whether you feel it or not, whether maybe you're living exactly the way you should or not, God's faithful and he does not abandon you. You may abandon him, but he is always there. So this morning, again, I extend that invitation. If you need to find him, um, search in earnest. Uh, He's right here. We're going to sing all three verses of this song, and I invite you to stand as we do. that endureth your whole life, that endureth throughout eternity and thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. So God is faithful. He's present. He's here to forgive your sins. He's here to give you the promise, the assurance of eternal life. If you don't have that this morning, it's not because God won't do it. It's not because he's not able, not faithful, or not present. He is all of those. 
The question is, are you uh, ready to accept that? Let's sing the third verse together, and then we'll go into the benediction. Some work to do, a goal to win, a hidden longing deep within that spurs us on to bigger things and helps us meet what each day brings. All these things and many more are things we should be thankful for. And most of all, our thankful prayers should rise to God because he cares. Amen. Let's unitedly give thanks. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's morning worship experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint. 
at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.